from middle school teacher to tour guide, firefighter to retail hardware. Our guest has been in all sorts of jobs and situations where she's been the one who's been on the front line, connecting with people from diverse walks of life. Having lived in eight different states, she knows there are remarkable people and opportunities everywhere. From all those experiences, she's learned the power of connectivity and how to use it for good. In addition to being a professional speaker, trainer, and connector, she loves to cook for anyone who will come to her home. She's a voracious reader and loves snow. Firecrackers, let's welcome Ginger Johnson. Welcome to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. Love the world map behind you. That's a good Thanks. one. I was going to say the same thing about your hairdo. Oh my God. Can you rock a mohawk? I love that. <laughs> Thank <laughs> that you. That is awesome. It's a lot of fun. I'm telling you, it's a huge connection point. It's fascinating. I had no idea. Really? Yeah, really. It's people like, <laughs> so a couple of years ago, I really got, well, about a year and a half ago, I really got into LinkedIn whole hog. And one of the first videos I posted was like, Having a mohawk is like being pregnant on your head. It went nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it went nuts. One of the things that I read about your, you know, the bio that you sent me that really caught my attention was that you were like this connectivity guru or something. Like you love connecting with people. And I really want to know how you do that because I'm the kind of person that there's a question there. Like you're the kind of person that goes to networking and you just rather not go. I'm that person. I'm that person. <laughs> so tell me how it is that you got into this. Sure. So I don't, I don't use the N word. Um, I, <laughs> I, how did I get into it? Okay. Since you're asking, here we go. So do you know what a prairie dog is, Isabel? Yes. Okay. Lives underneath the ground in a little, little hole, little den, little prairie dog home condo. And it comes up when something's going on or when it wants to do something or whatever. Well, I was prairie dogging for almost two years because I had, I had been doing another thing, women enjoying beer thing. And it just wasn't doing it anymore, Isabel. It was, I was feeling frustrated. I like, it was waking up, like, what am I missing? And like, that's one hell of a way to start your day. Instead of like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get to the thing. So I, um... I realized it wasn't going to be that anymore, which I was totally cool with because I've reinvented several times. I'm like, okay, so then what is it? So I started prairie dog and I would pop up and I'd tell all my friends, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And slowly I'd start to go back underground, you know, prairie dog. And then, you know, I'd pop up again. Well, I did that five or six times, year and a half, two years, something like that. Finally, one day popped up I'm like, hang on, wait a minute. Whoa, what? I think it's connectivity. And by the way, it's always been connectivity, Isabel. I look at the thread of my life like we sometimes do, usually when something drastic happens. If we do it when we're searching and we do it in earnest, say, oh, what, if, what has been that thread? What has been that golden thread? What has been the continuum that has always been there? Connectivity is one of my two golden threads. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, it just I slipped on like this beautiful 
whatever you like to slip on. (laughs) Oh yeah, this is it. Because when you know how to connect with people on purpose with the intent to serve somebody else, that's what you're giving. And, And you know, when you do it right and properly and selectively and carefully and respectfully, that it will come back. Then you are connecting. That's why I don't use the networking word. I, when you think about it, network is a noun. Okay, great. Fine. That's the network. That's what you build. But to connect, ah, that's an action verb, Isabel. That's what we need to be focusing on truly. How do we connect with one person at a time? One. Not this many, not this many, not hold up your fingers that many. It's not the card shove. It's not the collection plate. It's, it's not a numbers game. So when we can pop out of our prairie dog hole and say, you know what? This life, this one precious life I get to build the life in the business I love or whatever your endeavors are, if I focus on one person at a time, then I will get there. Wow. I've actually never thought about it like that. Like, you know, the thing about living in 2019 that really gets me and, you know, being a baby from the 1980s, because I knew the phone, the you know, the dial phone at home and we didn't have any cell phones. And the first cell phone I had, I think I was like, 16 or 15 or something and it was those old ones that you could only like mm-hmm. you know make calls and maybe oh, yeah. yeah maybe send a message maybe but it was really expensive but nowadays everyone's on their freaking phones all the time like we have mm-hmm. all this massive flow of information right at our fingertips mm-hmm. and it's an addiction and i feel that connecting with people outside of the realm of what is digital it's really hard. So how do you do it? What, well, let me ask you this. Why do you feel it's hard? Because everyone's immersed in their own little thing, you know, and, and maybe they're all connected and quote unquote connected through their phone. So for example, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, take a, a very specific example, dating. Nowadays, there's like all these apps, right? Mm-hmm. On the phone. So you have Bumble and you have Tinder and there's like, oh, for whatever you want. And and then you go to a bar or a restaurant or you go out with your friends and you want to connect with other people and like meet someone, it's extremely difficult. Whereas meeting someone through these apps is just super easy. Do you want my comments on that? Is that what you yeah. answer? <laughs> yeah, like I'm looking for why is it that it's so hard to connect with people like on one on one, like on a personal basis, like we used to do back on the day. You know what I mean? Nowadays we have all this information flowing and, and what, it, what is it that we need to do in order to connect with other people more in like a personal level, in a physical personal level? Sure. So first thing, this thing, this is not connectivity. This isn't even a connection. This is technology. This is a tool. This is mind-blowingly capable for certain functions. It will never replace what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. It blows my mind that we can do this, but we will be truly connected, Isabel, when we're sitting together drinking sangria somewhere, toasty or in the snow, wherever that is. I would argue that it's not harder. We've chosen to believe that. Beliefs are not truths. How did you, when you were a little kid, for example, how did you ask somebody to help you? How did you make friends? How did that? We are not that different. We are crutching out thinking that, oh, but it's hard now. No, it's not any harder. In fact, it's easier than ever because people are starving for the human connection. So one thing I teach my clients, coaching, mastermind, uh, live audiences, and when clients bring me in for their stages, like 
let's just reset right now. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of ways to do this. So I like the tactics. This is what I want. If you're going to tell me to do something, I'm like, okay, great. Now, wh- how do I do that thing? Okay, give me enough to get dangerous and get, get going and we'll do it. So I walk through the tactics. I walk through the strategy. I, my book, The Connectivity Canon, wherever it's laying around here in my office, um, I talk a lot about here's exercises. Now go practice these. Connectivity is a muscle. Listening is a muscle. Respect is a muscle. You know, um, opting in, opting out, whatever it is. So we have chosen, we always have a choice, always, to check out and to say that that thing is hard now. No, it's not hard. You've let your muscles atrophy. So let's get those things back up to snuff, shall we? All right, let's relearn the art of conversation. Let's relearn or learn for the first time what it means to start a basic two-way dialogue with someone. So a couple of uh, pointers I would give, I never call them tips because it just sounds like a, it's so throwaway and cheap and, and um, it lessens the gravitas of what human connection is. So a couple of tactics. So come up with a safe, secure, pleasant, open-ended question, Isabel. So for example, to make this even easier, do you like music? Yes. Okay. Do you like to read? Yes. Okay. Do you like food? Yes. <laughs> okay. Great. So pick a topic. Uh, I'm not bonking you. This is like, this is, this is how straightforward this is. Think about topics that you really like to talk about. And you let more importantly, as a connector, you want to learn about. Connectors are curious. They're interested. They're not going to be the one blowing hard. They're not going to be the one who won't shut up. They are cognizant that listening is one of the very first skills that you need as a connector. It's not about you. Because when's the last time you were in a conversation, you asked somebody a question and they were off to the races? You, it didn't even matter that you were standing there, right? Yeah. Not bad people. They're not listening first. So I would say that's another uh, skill that anybody can learn if they really want to, listening. Really slow down and take your time and don't listen to respond, listen to listen. One of the women who is coming to my Art of Connecting Summit, um, she said, okay, Ginger, you asked the question, what do we want to learn? Here's what I want to learn. I want to learn how to listen better to know if this is essentially someone I can serve. Oh, so that's even farther down the road. Candy is already a pretty strong listener. She wants to get better. Aha, that's another thing. We all want to get better at something. So she is, that's registered. She's like, okay, this is something specific that I want to get better at. So to circle way back to your question, come up with an open-ended, safe, pleasant question in a topic area that you really like learning about. Pretty straightforward, right? Yeah. Okay. Don't overthink it. And and there's a whole framework um, the connectivity cosmos, as I've dubbed it now, it's, it's the connecting elements. There's seven steps that I came up with because people would say, Ginger, you're, you're so good at this. How do you do this? I'm like, oh, that was a light bulb moment in that prairie dog phase mm-hmm. of what am I, I going to do? What, am, what do I just really, really love? And that helps people because we all say we want to help people. Okay, yeah, that's, that's not enough. You got to figure out how you help people. Just like your podcast, you're helping people because you're rethinking like, what is the norm? What is the status quo? What is all this stuff that people say? Well, guess what? We're people. <laughs> so we can own that too. <laughs> so anyway, 
next. <laughs> I, know I can go on and on and on about this. This is like, what, it's only a six hour program. Is that right? <laughs> I know. I'm really like, I'm just looking, I'm, like, I'm mesmerized by the way you communicate. That's what it is. You know, I'm just looking at you just like with such passion and, and, you know, it's so great to hear someone talk like that. And I guess my next question would be how, how has your life changed since those, uh, Prairie Dog Days up until now that you've, you know, completely redesigned yourself, I guess, or reinvented, sure. like you said. Yes, yes. So I've done a bunch of different things, probably like, maybe like you, probably like a lot of your listeners. It's about, uh, I've taught middle school art. I've been a firefighter. I've worked in a bread store. I've done hardware retail. My TED Talk talks a little bit about that. I've done all these different things because life is amazing. And there's opportunities, great people everywhere. And for the record, because I always hear the voices in the background. They're not good. They're not bad people. I'm not judging. They're saying, oh, yeah, Ginger, but it's easy for you because you're an extrovert. I'm going to call BS on that. I'm going to call bullshit on that. I think I can say that in your program. Yeah. I'm going to call baloney on that because that has nothing to do with skills. And I didn't start out like this. I wasn't a shy child. I wasn't outspoken or I wasn't this confident. Confidence is a huge key to it, Isabel, right? When you started your program, you maybe said, you know what? I want to do this and I know that I can figure this out. Ah, that's called confidence, my friends. A belief in yourself, a conviction that you are smart enough, that you know how to get help. That Of course you can do this. There's almost nothing we can't do. Confidence is a top skill for connecting, period. It's not the fake it till you make it. It's learn what you need to do and then do the thing. So um, how did I get to here? I, that, that very <laughs> diverse trajectory as it were. Uh, and I, I wouldn't trade any of it. I mean, I can't anyway, but I, what I choose to do is look at it and say, Oh, wow. I mean, I've been fired. I've been, I mean, I haven't had any massive tragedy. So I, I feel for people who do at the same time who you were and what you came through. If you use that to make yourself stronger and you reflect on that, that awareness, that mindset, Ah, that's fuel, my friends. That's why at that moment when I knew it wasn't that thing, that, and that frustration I was feeling, instead of getting all pissed off and mired in my own soup, I'm like, I don't like being that person. I need to be somebody because I know at my best, like my sister says, Ginger, at your best, you're a force of nature. That means the world to me. And I know she's my sister, but and it's not perfect in that relationship either. So like, I'm either going to be a great force of nature or I'm not. And I want to be the great force. So there's a lot of cognizance. There's a lot of um, continual reset, if you will. Like this afternoon, perfect case in point before we recorded this show, I'm in a high-performance mastermind. There's probably like 300 people in it. It's crazy. All over the globe. I want to know who these people are, Isabel, because they're in this group like I am for a reason. I want to know what that reason is because you want to take a guess? You want to know how to help them? Boom. Connectors want to serve. You're a connector, right? So I'm, I've got my members area open. I've got my LinkedIn page open because I'm really active on LinkedIn. I'm like, all right, let's see if I can find these people. And there's all, <laughs> there's all kinds of opportunity out there if we just help ourselves. And people who have a picture and have a brief profile and have a couple of links, like this is not complex. That when people say, but it's so hard, that's the kind of BS that we're leaning on, Isabel. No, no, it's not hard. You just haven't done the work. That's why it's called work. Work is a good word because it's productive. Are you busy, like Dean Graciosi said, or are you productive? 
So I, I do this once in a while. I, I open these up. I'm like, okay, I got a couple hours ahead of me. The last thing I want to do, well, not quite the last thing, but one of the last things I want to do is sit in front of the screen when it's not something like this. And it's, you know, it's, it's mind-numbing at the same time. That's the work of a connector. I want to know who these people are. Am I going to get a lot of responses back? The percentage is actually, actually quite low. I choose not to get frustrated with that. I choose to say, ah, the people who do respond, guess what? They just self-qualified. They are my people. Those are the people who see that there's something to connecting. And then that's where I put my energy. So I continue to close in on who are those people. And it's so exciting when you think about it that way, Isabel. Instead of getting frustrated on your Tinder or your Bumble or whatever it is, like, how come nobody, no, 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 go like, oh my gosh, this, this person, all you need is one at a time, right? You can't date, well, you should, I mean, <laughs> date more than one person at a time. You can, but it's not advisable. <laughs> yeah, I would not recommend it. Awkward <laughs> test. <laughs> it's the same with connecting. So whether it's for romantic or, or business, or per, I mean, to me, Isabel, it's all a sticky cobweb. You don't separate these things. Mm. But that's, um, that's a little bit where, how the shift, how it shows to shift. Um, and I do genuinely, I, I genuinely love knowing people. people. Some people say, oh, I love people. I love a lot of people. <laughs> I'm not going to just say, I love this group of ridiculous animals mostly walking around on two feet. But I do love knowing people. And here's another kicker for everybody, Isabel. It's not who you know. It's how you know them. Yeah, absolutely. Because how many of us have seen um, somebody who is trying to impress somebody and it's so forced and fake and phony and they're trying, they're trying too hard and they're either super arrogant or they're just super ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, you're like, Oh honey, go home and try again tomorrow because you're really effing this up. And, and that's just so not a connector. That's a schmoozer. That's a networker. That's a somebody who just wants to use other people to get ahead. Well, when somebody says it's lonely at the top, it's because they got there alone. And you're going to really need to look at the trail of bodies you left behind. Because oh, yeah. the best people, the most powerful people, get ahead by bringing people along with them. I completely agree with you. Uh, I'm not sure if you knew this, but I have a collaboration project uh, called Child Free Girls as well with other two child free women. Mm-hmm. One of them is American. The other one is Canadian. And they... Mm-hmm. We all have our own thing. Like I have my mm-hmm. podcast and I have my uh, coaching, my coaching uh, programs. And they, one of them is a, an author, a published author, and the other one is a blogger. And we decided to come together uh, to do this uh, video, lo- like sort of a roundtable discussion type video log. And we talk about, you know, things that are related to, to child-free topics. And we just discuss them from our point of view. And it's really been a lot of fun to not only get to know these women, but also we are growing together. You know, we are helping not only what we're doing, but also what we, you know, at our individual level, we're also helping each other. You're listening to The Honest Upward, a podcast where modern child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. How has your life at a personal level changed since you discovered that this is what you wanted to do? Well, I am what I do. And so it simply colors everything. 
<laughs> I, uh, so, okay. A couple, a couple of very distinct shifts. A, I was immediately happier. Immediately, Isabel, immediately. I had studied women in beer for 10 years as the only, I'm still the only company on the planet. It's called women enjoying beer. It's a full on company. Um, studying the quality qualitatively studying females in their relationship with beer. It's not about what kind of drink or anything like that. Like it was, it's a fascinating business and I, I love it. That's one thing that made it hard. It's like that. I believe in this. I know I can change the freaking world. If we can change one conversation, you know, this, if you can, if you can open up a conversation based on something that's super common for everybody, tapas or, or beer or women or soccer or whatever it is, if we can start having those conversations, we start getting into other conversations. And the further we go into these conversations, because we want to have these conversations, the more progress we make, right? Because all of a sudden that respect starts to creep in and civility and, and true human connection was not about agreement. It's about civil debate. It's about respectfully listening. It's about all those things. So, so just like you said, you, you grow together and then, then, you know, then what, what comes hard is disagreeing. <laughs> and you're like, oh, dang it. I really like that Isabel, but man, the way she thinks about this, uh, <laughs> but the, that's the best place to be in. Right. Because like, I like and respect her now. And it's not even about being liked. That's a bonus. It's about being respected. Yeah. So I know I wandered off on, on a topic on there, but how is it, how's it changed me? Um, I, I immediately became happier because I let go which it didn't happen overnight by a long shot. Anybody listening out there who thinks you let go and it's gone like a rope? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, it, it floats away and there goes the ship, <laughs> but there's your ship over there. So start swimming. So give yourself the grace, give yourself the patience, make sure that you get super duper crystal clear on who your tight cadre of friends is. This is something that's more recent to me, Isabel. You probably ahead of me on this one. I, um, until about, probably about a year ago, eight months ago, one of my coaches, Brendan Burchard said, you have three kinds of friends. There's your old friends, people from high school. And you know, they just kind of around forever and incidental in a way you get that kind of mid-level friend who you can hold a conversation with, but that's it. It's incidental again. And then you got your close friends. I did not want to hear that. I just didn't. I've thrown thousands of dinner parties. Anybody who wants to come over at the drop of a hat, Please do. I just, I, there's something, the hospitality is a huge connecting point for me. And so that piece of getting really clear on connectivity, building the empire I want to build by helping thousands, if not millions of people connect in their own way, that's productive and healthy and confidence building. And that's, that's good for everybody. It's like the tide is rising and all those damn boats are floating up. So um, it impacted my happiness level. I am way better happy then miserable. I don't like being miserable. Some people like being miserable. I relaxed a lot. I had a couple people in the last couple months, especially tell me, in fact, one told me two days ago, she said, Ginger, I knew you were doing beer. And, and when I saw you recently, and like, this was very recently, a couple of weeks ago, she said, I just felt the shift in your energy. I was, I was trying too hard. I was forcing it. So as soon as you drop your shoulders, as I call it, and let yourself try to figure it out and get the friends, surround yourself, then things shift. And, and for the record, it doesn't mean you cut everybody out when you're getting really tight about who those people are. It just means you choose to investigate how you might go deeper with some of those people. And I'm still learning that. I, I have a lot to learn about that. 
and it's it's invigorating. I know there will be some kind of to it too because there's so many great people. Doesn't mean you have to leave them. Sure as hell, leave the toxic, leave the negative, leave the ones behind who don't get it, who who are suffering, who don't want to get out of their suffering. Like they are not productive. There's, I have one friend like that. I think she's a great person. She is stuck and she is self stuck and like can't be around her right now. Yeah. And she, I, I love her. I know she loves me. I'm like, I just, I can't, I will not be around her right now because it's just an energy suck. Yeah. I need people like Ginger, what are you doing? Oh my gosh, that's crazy. How can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> your real friends will understand they love you for your crazy anyway. Yeah, right? Like, Woo, they don't say it'll never work. They're like, wow, how is that going to work? That is huge. It's not, it's not going to work. It's like, oh, wow. How are we going to make that work? Yeah. Yeah, of course. No, I, that changes, yeah, it changes everything. Once, yeah. you ha- once you know your why, once you know how you want to change the world, watch out. Yep. Now that we're in, uh, in the personal life kind of subject, let's talk about being child free. Let's, let's. I love that. And I did, I did look into that a little bit. And that was one thing, Sarah. <laughs> so, okay. Tell me about when did you decide to become child free and how did you become, you know, how was it, how did materialize in your head that was that was the thing that you wanted for your life sure i've never talked about this this is fantastic um i had a practice husband good man a practice husband practice husband yes good man uh college sweetheart and we we married in our early 20s right out of college um convention very conventional route and um in the midwest in the united states and so very, very conventional Midwest upbringing, super grateful, um, great family life and things like that. And I have one sister. So we got married and in the back of our minds, like, yeah, we'll probably, you know, whatever, but let's for right now, let's just do you and me. Cause this is lots of fun. So we continued to do that. And we would talk about it once in a while. One, I knew if I got pregnant, if we got pregnant, if we had a child, it was never going to be incidental or accidental. I don't believe in accidents. It would never be incidental. It would be planned. I just wasn't willing to do that to another human who I wasn't ready for, period. That's, I feel incredibly strong about that. As it happened, we never did. And so, so happy for that. I know we would have been able to make it work. It was, a, it, was a, it was really hard, but it was a very amicable split. It's easy to fall in love. It's, uh, it's hard to split from somebody you still really care about. So, um, so I'm really grateful for that. Um, we did share a dog. So we went back and forth with, with Coke was the dog's name. And so it was, I was, I'm really proud of how we handled that. So I know we would have been fine co-parents. So then fast forward several years, um, met and, um, now married to my last husband who I adore. His name is Larry. And, um, we taught, we met in our, I was my early thirties. He's a little bit younger than I am, which I recommend for anybody. So <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so uh, we we met, started uh, dating and everything, and, and got married. We've been married for sixteen and a half years. So we uh, would talk about it a little bit. It wasn't hot on either of our agendas, nor was it hot on my previous my practice husband's agenda either. So we thought, well, we'll just we'll just talk about it once in a while, and and we put a lot of thought into it, Isabel, because we thought if we do this. What's the reality? If we don't do this, what's the reality? And there, there are considerations all the way around. What I don't like about anything that's assumed is that it's assumed. Like why, just because A, I'm a female and because I'm married, why do I want to pop watermelons out? I just don't. Yep. It doesn't appeal to me. It, it never, I've never had baby fever. So 
And this is not disrespectful. Like if that's what you want to do, you know, that's your choice. I also, the overpopulation of the planet, that greatly disturbs me. Um, so that was a huge part of our decision. Like, are we willing to bring a child into this world in the state of the world? Can we still save the world? We, yeah, I, I'm going to believe that. Um, we do not need more humans. That's going to piss some people off too bad because it's, it's the most profound impact we can have. And yet we're the only population that we don't mitigate. And one other sidebar, I remember when John and I, my practice husband and I were in our early twenties, people would, you know, a couple years into being married, like, so are you going to have kids? And it got, it got, I think people mean well, right? Cause they're just curious, but like it got annoying. So John and I sat down one day and it, he, was, he was a great spouse for so many reasons. And I'm like, I'm getting really tired of this question. How about you? Yeah. What do we say instead? We're going to tell them this next time they ask. So are you going to have, are you going to have kids or however that comes up? I'm like, no, we're just practicing. It's not your damn business. Exactly. <laughs> you I just after I'm screwing. I mean, yeah. come on. It's just so tacky. Yeah. But yeah. I, I also think that it's so ingrained that we just don't think about it. It's like yeah. networking or parking our car or anything like that. It's like we just we, it's become so freaking rote or expected. Like, how are you? I never ask somebody how are you unless I really care and know them. I will ask you that, Isabel. But if I don't know them, they just like you just don't open those. There's so there's five zillion other things to talk about. And yeah. my procreation level is not one that you're welcome to ask about. And that is very respectable. And I wish more people thought about that in the same way. And you know what? If you're getting asked, are you going to have kids? That's one thing. But most people ask, when are you going to have kids? They just assume that you're going to have them. And they're asking, mm -hmm. when is it? So I can prepare myself for your baby shower, basically. And right. it, is, it is very rude. It's, it's, um, it's personal space. Absolutely agree. It's like asking someone how much do you earn and, you know, what's your social security number? That's like, right. it's not a problem. Right. We, we should actually be talking more about money and less about sex. Yeah. Like, let's, let's get educated about both of them, right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, just, it's just interesting where they come from and, and um, why people ask. So that's, that's the shift. Like, why do you want to know? Mm. You, you can ask anybody that question, any question they ask you. That's true. It gives them pause. It helps them reframe. And a lot of people will reframe like, oh, um, and, and that's enough sometimes to catch people and, and help them rethink it. You say, you know, that's a personal choice, just like yours is. So I'm, I'm going to pass on that. Yeah. No, I completely Want to talk agree. about some music? <laughs> <laughs> or food. Let's talk about food. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, it's all day. <laughs> <clears throat> Do you know many child-free couples around you? I do. And now that you ask, I think, and I'd be really curious to hear your opinion on this, Isabel. It's like shopping for a car, choosing the color for your house, whatever it is. Once you start thinking about that thing, you notice it. So when my fine husband and I were living in Iowa, we had a, a bunch of friends who were child-free and it was great. And I, I love my friends as kids. That's not what we're talking about here, but it's the nimbility, as Sarah and I call it, of being able to go and do. And one thing that I never wanted, and both my partners absolutely agree, like, we are never going to resent or put the kid in place of our lame-ass excuses. So when people say, oh, I can't travel because I have a two-year-old, guess what? That was a choice. And by the way, if you say, I can't travel with a two-year-old, that's a choice. You choose not to. And what do they miss? So don't blame it on the kid. Um, I, I just, I, that makes me crazy. Um, so uh, we do notice and we do 
We do welcome our friends as kids. We do throw all those dinner parties like we talked about. Most of the dinner parties are not for small children. Just because it's like, let's focus on you. Let's, these are the friendships. And I, we do welcome them. So we have some different parties where the kids are welcome. What do you notice? Um, well, in my case, I still have childless friends. So they're, they're, they don't have children, but they might have children in the future. Uh, but child-free by choice and like really vocal about it, uh, just one, only one. Well, no, you got two. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, Ginger, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. We're almost out of time. So before I let you go, is there anything that you want to add? You can pitch here, anything you want, tell us anything you want to, you know, talk about. Uh, and then of course, we're going to leave all your links below, but you know, pour your heart out. Your jam, I can't wait to get, I'd never thought about going to Columbia. So now it's on, now it's on the map. Oh yeah. Come please <laughs> come, come visit. Um, I would encourage people to think about connection and take some time to think about it. Think about what is the value of your relationships. Get to the why in the road. Say, what are the relationships I have? And what are the relationships I want to have? And really take a close look at those. Spend some thoughtful time with yourself writing this down. Don't put it on the computer, write it down, get a journal, get a piece of paper, get a scrap, whatever. Write down who those people are. Cause that first time when I heard that coach say that I'm sitting in a room with hundreds at a big event and I'm like, huh, so who would those people be? And I started writing and it was much harder than I thought. And that's critical because while I don't initially buy into the whole five people you hang out with the most or who you are, that there's a reflection for sure. I think they can be complementary in an extraordinary way. And if they are the people that will help you grow and you are a person who will help them grow, they are the right people. Really tap into how you are, who you are, what your why is, what your purpose, your own vision is for your life. Get really clear on that and then start connecting with people. Do one person a day. Safe, open-ended, pleasant question. Really in the line of the post office, in the grocery store, at the soccer game, whatever it is, just start doing it. Start rebuilding those muscles because it's incredible the ties that bind, the connections. This, the world is small, Isabel. It's tiny. And we have this extraordinary opportunity in this one merry-go-round to connect with, to get to know, to support, to change our world all through our relationships. And if we don't, we get to own that. And if we do, we get to own that and we get to change the world. So if anybody has any questions, I'm very accessible. They can reach me at my website, gingerjohnson.com. Live events, speaking, always interested in working with audience. I don't speak to, like some speakers are like, I'm going to speak to your, like, no, I'm going to talk with. It's a conversation. Um, I'm always looking for that internationally, absolutely. People who want help developing their leadership in a connecting way. I develop leaders into world-class connectors. Yeah. Oh, it just feels good. Yes. <laughs> I love that. So, however, however I can help, uh, I, I would love to know. Awesome. Okay, guys. Well, I'm going to leave Ginger's uh, website down here and her social media accounts. And so you can contact her. And I, I, oh, you can also buy her books. Your book's out, right? I have two books out. One is the primary book, The Connectivity Canon. 
And yeah. with uh, Ginger's amazing, empowering words, this has been all for today. Thanks again for being with us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Keep supporting Isabel. You're amazing. Thank you for listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.